Tony, do you have anything? Okay. You know, God was, Reg uh, did that song, Peace. He gives us peace. And if, it, if there's anything the world needs right now, is peace. What is the peace of God? What is this peace he gives us? How many this morning can say that there is an area in their life that they do not have peace? Right? There's an issue. There's a circumstance. There is sometimes it could be something that has been with you for decades. And you don't have peace over it. First thing we have to do is let God know that. So I want you to stand because we believe that God is here to uh, touch us and to encounter us and to uh, speak to us and to give us what it is we need to truly walk in the way that he wants. If there are uh, an issue, if there's something that you just say, I don't have peace about this. Father, I pray for those this morning that have come here this morning needing your peace. The peace that passes understanding. And Father, your word says if we keep our minds stayed on you, that you will give us that peace. That you will give us what it is that we need to have that peace. And Father, right now by the power of the Holy Spirit, I ask that you would touch your people and cause their hearts to open and to receive you in a way that they have never received you before. That, Father, you would just reach down and cause them to have a supernatural peace to know that all is well, no matter what the eye may see or the ear may hear, and that you are going to give them the strength to do what it is that is needed to be done in order to have peace. Father, we just give this up to you. We just lift our hands and give you this issue of dis-ease that is in our life, that we don't have peace, this circumstance. We give it to you, and we give it to you trusting that, Father God, you knew before we even walked in here that you were going to speak to us about this, and you were going to give us the opportunity to give this to you. And, Father, we know that, Father, we can trust you in all things. So, Father, we just ask for your supernatural peace in these situations that we raise up in front of you. We give them to you, and we confess to you our need. We confess that we don't have answers. We confess that we don't know what to do. We confess that, Father, we might have messed up, and it might be our fault. But nonetheless, Father, you are a forgiving and a graceful God. And you are here not to condemn us, but to heal us, and to strengthen us, and to encourage us, and to correct us, and to cause us to see you better than we did before we came in. Father, I thank you. And we receive it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Uh, the Sunday school can go down if, uh, if they want. Peace is a very elusive thing. Joe, you're going to say something? Thank you, Joe. 
God can speak comfort. You want to say something? What a great name, comfort. May you always be a comfort to everybody. Uh, praise the Lord. I always, I don't know, something is telling me to sing a song. Last week when we came to church, it was about peace and love. And today too, we are a little late, but we came and it's again peace. I don't have a great voice, but I'm going to just try. Okay. My peace I gave unto you, unto you, is the peace that the world cannot give, cannot give, is the peace that the world cannot understand. Peace to you, peace to you, my peace I gave unto you. Peace to you, peace to you, my peace I give unto you. I give this peace to you, peace to you, peace to you, peace to you, my peace I give unto you. My love I gave unto you, unto you, is the love that the world cannot give, cannot give, is the love that the world cannot understand. Love to you, love to you, my love I gave unto you. I give my love to you, love to you, love to you, love to you, my love I give unto you, amen. Thank you for that comfort. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that wonderful? Second week in a row where God has sung over us. Right? That's so wonderful. My peace I've given to you. My love I've given to you. So why would, why would God inspire comfort, which took a lot of courage, to come up here and do that? Like God must have really wanted you to hear that this morning. And we fight it, George. Mm. Yeah. It's amazing because, uh, thank you, George. Um, it's one of the, probably, I think we'd be safe in saying that the single most damaging uh, thing that we suffer in our society, psychologically, is a sense of not being loved, a sense of not being cared. Some of us grew up in pretty bad homes and we never learned it there. Some of us have had hard hits in life and it makes us think it. Um, we also have a force 
that is in the world that is trying to make us think that we're not loved. And it is the single probably most effective way of causing us to back away from God is because we think he doesn't love us. We really think he doesn't love us. We think he is standing in judgment of us, not in admiration of us. And this is the great transition that has to happen. I mean, because we come to Christ and we uh, accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, that is just the beginning. That's just the beginning. What it is is a lifetime of God trying to teach us and trying to show us that we are loved regardless of how we are, well, I'm, I'm not going to say how we are living because it does matter. I mean, if we're out living like the devil on purpose and then coming in church on Sunday and going, everything's great, trust me, that isn't going to work out very well because eventually God will pull the rug and say, here's the real deal. Here's what's really going on in your life. But for the most part, we will never be what we should be. That's why Jesus died. But what we do discover is that God loves us in spite of who we are. And because of who we are, he made you. I put it on that sign out there. We came through our parents, but we came from God. And what kind of a God would it be that would abandon his children and not love them all of a sudden because they spilled milk? So God is, for some reason this morning, saying to us, I love you, and I have given you peace. And the only thing that will really give you and I peace is to truly believe that God loves us. There is nothing more punishing for a Christian than to sit in church, hear all the stuff that's being said, and not believe that God loves them. Believing that all the blessings are for somebody else, and that everything that God wants to do is for somebody else, and that all of his affection is for somebody else. Donnie? Well, I'm reminded when the prophets of old, yes. they sang in the prison, God took the chains off them. He set them free. Mm. Yeah, thank you, Donnie. Praise and thinking, singing, because the only reason they did that, it wasn't because they were reading the 12 steps of being a good Christian. It was because they had had an experience with God. And they said, I know regardless of my condition, I know my situation with God, that he loves me. Even if I'm in chains, even if I'm in addiction, even if I'm in failure, even if I'm in whatever. That God loves us regardless of that. We will never enter into what God has for us until we grab a hold of that fact. Because we will always think that we're not good enough yet. We have to become something and then we'll enter into what God's destiny is for our life. Well, that would totally negate everything Jesus did. Jesus came to open up the door for your life. So that you could enter in, the, what does the scripture say, so that we could come boldly into the throne room of God. Jesus said we could refer to him as Abba, Father, Daddy, very affectionate term. And why would Jesus say that if it wasn't true? And why do we not do that? And so we come and we feel like we have failed. We feel like God is not with us. I'll go back to that point. There is nothing more punishing than a Christian sitting in a chair, in a church, hearing about the blessings of God and thinking they're for everybody else. And I would suggest that probably a large majority of the Christians on some level do believe that. And it's a lie. And the only way we enter into the peace of God is by entering into the peace of God. 
That's the only way. It is a willful act. There's nothing you will get from God. I mean, God can miraculously do healings and he can miraculously uh, do things in our life. But when it comes into the, the way the noggin works, the way we think about God and think about ourselves, that is going to take a willful act. That's going to take a willful decision on our part to say, what am I going to believe today? What am I going to believe? It's number four. You can turn down number four just a bit. What am I going to believe today? And that's the decision that God's saying to you. I believe that's the word for the day, actually. God's saying, what are you going to believe? Are you going to believe I am with you and love you? Or are you going to believe that you have to go back to the Christian school and learn how to be a better Christian and then I'll be with you? Because that's called works. And we, we step out of grace. The unfathomable, crazy reality of the truth of Christianity is that God is with you just the way you are. Just the way you are. There's nobody in this room who isn't working on something. Right, Trudy? Thank you, Jesus. There's nobody in this room who isn't working on something. There isn't anybody in this room who does not, if they were given a bad day, looked at themselves and said, God cannot work through me. But you are exactly the people that God works through. And you have a whole Bible of some of the most reprobate people that God chose to work through. Not that you're a reprobate. We are gloriously saved. We are the sons and daughters of God Almighty. We are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We are high above every power and principality. Christ is in you. You are in Christ. God loves you just as he loved Christ. Read the 14th chapter of John. It talks all about it where Jesus said, I want them to be loved by you the way you love me. I want them to know that love. And the only way it's going to be experienced is by accepting it by faith and taking that word of God and saying, I don't care what's happening in my life. I don't care how I feel. I believe that God loves me and he's going to do what it is he said he was going to do. He said, I will finish the good work that he began in you in Christ Jesus. And let me tell you, the good work that Jesus began in you is not so that you're successful in your job or that you have a nice house or that you get healed of your diseases or whatever it is. The good work is that you understand and I understand that God loves us and we walk in such confidence in that that it doesn't matter what happens to us. It doesn't matter what comes our way. We can be, like Donnie said, in that prison, in handcuffs, and still praise God. I don't know what life, what handcuffs life has on you right now. At some point, it, it does feel like we're handcuffed. It does feel like we're being restrained. It does feel like we're not where we want to be, should be, could be. But in the middle of that, that is the wonderful opportunity to praise God and said, I know you love me. And we praise God simply for that. And if the shackles never come off, if the, the pay never comes, if the car never gets delivered, if the house never comes, and whatever it is, we still praise God because he is God. We praise God simply because he is who he is. And if we're coming into church 
praising God because we're expecting him to give us all this stuff, we have missed it completely. And it's at that point that God says, I can't give that to you because I am rewarding a wrong thought. I am rewarding a dangerous thing because all of a sudden Jesus becomes our sugar daddy and he's just there to give us a nice Sunday and a nice week and give us these things. We have to fundamentally come to the point of realizing there is a God. There's a, there's a guy whose name I, I just forgot. He's, he's very controversial right now. He's a Canadian guy. He's out doing the speaking stuff. He's a philosopher. And darn it, I just forgot it. Peterson, Jordan Peterson. And he said, I live my life as if God exists. He said, I don't know for sure, but I live as if he does. Now, there's a great way to, like, this is a, a guy who's, like, no more in a church than, you know, anybody. But he said, I have chosen to live my life as if God exists, which is a powerful way to get up in the morning. I'm going to live my life as if God exists. And if God does exist and he is who he says he is, the first thing we need to accept is that he loves us. You may not love yourself, and that's a learned thing. We have to learn to do it. It's taken me 40 years. I'm just getting into it now. I'm just able to overlook myself now. It takes a while. Some people, it's easier. But the fact of the point is, God wanted you to know for some reason that regardless of where you are, regardless of what's going on, he wants to give you peace. Accept it because you are accepted. You are accepted. You are accepted. You didn't do anything wrong. I'm speaking to somebody this morning. God is telling you, you did not do something wrong. You do not have to continually come in front of God with, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and beating yourself up and beating yourself up and saying, and with living regret instead of praise. That is not the life that God died to give you. God died to give you a life where you could say, I am who I am, I am what I am, and God loves me all the same. And what's not right, God will fix. And what isn't fixed now, God will look at later on down the road. But today, I am serving God and I am thanking God. There's a wonderful piece of scripture, Proverbs 20, 24. And it says, the Lord directs our steps. So why try to understand everything along the way? Isn't that beautiful? I sent it to the leadership this week. I was reading it. It just jumped right out at me. The Lord directs our steps, your steps. Let's get the the hour out of it, your steps. Now there's a step of faith right there. Because somehow the steps that Donnie was talking about got them into prison. Were those steps led of God? Might have been. Apparently so. So why try to understand everything along the way? We don't know why things go the way they go. We don't know why some situations are the way they are. But in the middle of it, what we can do is say, God, I know you love me. And I am going to take the peace of knowing that you are going to work through this situation. You are going to open doors. You're going to close doors. It is a powerful thing. It is just such a powerful thing. We won't know until heaven, really. We will not know the psychological, physical benefits that your life has received in knowing that there is a God who's with you and working with you. There are so many people who are walking around thinking they are alone. 
and there's nobody fighting for them. There's no one advocating for them. There's no one that is able to change things, to move the unmovable. There's no one to talk to when they walk out of the doctor's office and he says, you might have cancer. They have no one to talk to that is bigger than that cancer. They have no one to talk to that is bigger than that divorce. They have no one to talk to who is bigger than that child that just died. They don't have that. They have to somehow go somewhere. And what we're finding is that the world is more and more going to medications, more and more going to therapy, more and more going to suicide, more and more going to just giving up. The, the blessing that you and I have, that we can say we may not understand what's going on, we may not know where this path is going, but we know, Lord, that our steps are led by you. And to get to a mountaintop, you got to go through a valley. Last I checked, you got to go through a valley. And we cannot get so closed in by the valley that we lose the idea of the mountaintop. I, well, all of you know, many of you who've lived a few years know that life throws stuff at you. And a lot of you know what it was like to get in the middle of that and lose your faith. I've never lost my faith. Oh, yes, you have. We've lost our faith many, many times. But God said, even when you are unfaithful, I am faithful because I cannot deny myself. There's many times you and I get in situations and we just don't believe that anything good is ever going to come out of it. We just don't think we're going to get out of it. The Apostle Paul was there. He said, we were in Asia and we feared even for our life. We thought we were going to die. They had no sense and they weren't standing there going, oh, it's going to work out okay. It's going to be wonderful. He was saying, no, we despaired even of our life. And they said, and, and he said, why did that happen? That happened so that we would trust not in ourselves, but we would trust in the power of God. Now, that's a reality. And I'm sorry, the only way that we're ever going to really discover the power of God is to discover our own weakness. That's the only way it's going to happen. I hate to tell you, it's, you just have to be ready for it. Some of you have walked through many seasons of it. I've walked through many seasons, 13 years of it at one point, of consistently at being put into a state of utter and complete weakness where I had no ability to get out of it. But yet, in the middle of it, I was able to, at 4 o'clock in the morning, when I would get my face in my hands and say, God, you're bigger than this. You are bigger than depression. You are bigger than anxiety. You are bigger than the psychological problems. You are bigger than alcoholism. You are bigger than drug addiction. You are bigger than all these things. And I don't know why my steps have led me to this place, but I'm not going to try to figure it out because that will drive you nuts. And when you get in the middle of a bad situation, what you will start doing, the first thing when you try to figure it out when you start trying to figure out reasons, two things will happen. First thing, if you're old school Pentecostal, you'll blame the devil. And then you'll start talking about everything the devil's doing. The devil did this, and the devil did that, and the devil's doing this, and the devil... That is wrong theology. You're glorifying the devil. He's there. He's defeated. End of subject. Let's move on. What's important, the second thing you'll start judging is yourself. You'll start condemning yourself. I did something wrong. 
uh, something, something's going on here. See, I'm no good. I can't do this. Uh, da, 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 da. Well, that may all be true, but it doesn't change the fact that God still loves you and he's still committed to get you out of where you're going. He's going to get you out of there. What we have to do in the middle of those things, instead of trying to figure it out, now I mean, honestly, if all of a sudden, all of a sudden, uh, you know, your business goes under and, you know, and everything, your marriage goes under and whatever, I think maybe there might be some room for sitting down and listening and saying, Dad, is there anything I need to do here? Like, is there anything I can do here? Instead of just hammering yourself in the head with no real knowledge of what's going on. And I'll tell you, God will give you answers. And that's one of the things we're going to learn through the Abide series is how to sit down and listen, listen, not tell God what he needs to tell you, but to listen and say, God, what? God, how? And God will speak it. But what happens if we get in in difficult situations, the blame comes out. And we're blaming ourselves, or we're blaming the devil, or we're blaming somebody, or we're blaming God. And there's, if you've not had a time where you've gotten mad at God, then I don't think you've really walked with him too long. And I don't think you've probably walked with him in a real way. You're in some kind of fantasy world. Because there's times where many people in the Bible got pretty mad at God. And said, what's going on? And he actually used it sometimes. God has actually used that. And God understands we're human. He understands our frustration. You know, my daughter Emma, and some of you know the situation she's been through with her eating disorder and having to go to the hospital and all that stuff. And it's very interesting. I'll tell you this. Someone said to me about a week before she went to the hospital, they said, When are you going to get mad about this? And I'm trying to be pious. I'm trying to be graceful. I'm trying to be Christ-like. I'm trying to be fake. That's what I'm trying to be. And the Thursday or the Friday that she went into the hospital, that morning I was talking to a pastor on the phone and it came out. It came out and I got mad at God. And I won't tell you what I said to him, but I was, I was peeved. And I said, basically, you promised it, you deliver it. But he wanted to see the real me. Fifteen minutes later, she decided to go into the hospital. Up until that point, completely adamant against it. And also, the, uh, that same day, I had the church pray. It was a combination of those things. And sometimes the difficulties in our life will, ta- will really show us who and what we are. It will really show us you're only as good as your worst night. And that's what we used to say in the band. You're only as good as your worst night. And sometimes we can put on the face and we can put on all that stuff. But when we get right down in the ditch and we are who we are and we're saying, God, here it is. And we're able to give that to him. God can work with it. God can work with it. He, he wants us to worship him in spirit and in truth, not faking it, 
Not saying, oh, everything's going to be okay. In, meanwhile, inside you're quaking and breaking and shaking and you're mad and you're frustrated, but you get on this smiley face and God's saying, give me it. Give me the real stuff here. Can you... Yes, that's, that's exactly it. Yes. There's something about the passion of truth. The passion of honesty. And you know, sometimes it's okay to be upset. Anger's not a sin. It says just don't sin in your anger. But anger, sometimes we got a right to be angry at some stuff. We got a right to say, God, this is not right. And I'm not going to stand for it. And I'm going to do whatever I have to do spiritually in order to do what needs to be done. And it's, it's just very interesting that sometimes we try to keep it all in. And you know, you know what's happening? And medical science has proved this. When we keep all that in, that's right, it makes you sick. And then it explodes. That's what happens. And I've seen it, you've all seen it, that everyone's trying to be the nice little Christian, and then all of a sudden, when they explode, it's like, wow, what just happened there? Because you saw the, that face all the time. I'm not saying we should go around screaming and hollering and throwing dishes around the house, right? But I do believe we should be honest with God about the way we feel and not be afraid that... He's somehow going to be offended. He wants, he loves you just the way you are. He loves your anger. He loves your ugliness. He loves your vanity. He loves all of that stuff because you're his kid. And he said, bring it to me. Don't hide it from me. Bring it to me. Let me see it. Let's talk about this. Let's see if we can't figure something out here before you start smashing dishes. Let's see what we can do, right? But we often will hold back. God said, that he has given us peace. Peace to know that our steps are led by him. Our steps are led by him. And I think this morning, uh, God really wants you to swallow that and really wants you to believe that. Because I guarantee you, we're all going to face some stuff. Many of us have faced some stuff. Maybe the worst of our stuff is maybe over. I don't know. But I know there's people in this room that are going to face some stuff. Might be this week. Might be next week, might be next year, might be 10 years from there. I'm telling you, you're going to face some stuff. And you need to know that in the middle of it, God loves you. And there is a peace that passes all understanding when we keep our mind stayed on him. And that's one of the basic purposes of church, to keep our mind stayed on God like to come into church and it just brings you back to center, right? It just gives you back into focus. That's what good church should do. So God spoke today. The mountaintop and the valley, peace, even if you're handcuffed in prison. Jerry, Amen. 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 It's wonderful. Thank you, Jerry. The song. No, you shouldn't, you shouldn't keep it in. It's wonderful. He makes our burdens lighter. It really is the truth. 
It really is. But it has to be believed. Yeah. It has to be taken in. Peace like a river. Can someone sing that song, I got peace like a river? Someone start that? There you go. There you go. You guys know it. Like Oh, yeah. Father, we thank you that you spoke to us this morning. And Father, we just receive your peace this morning, that you are guiding our steps, that Father, in the valley there is still the mountaintop, and that Father God, regardless of what we see, what we feel, what we hear, that Lord, you love us. We are your children. You love the good, the bad, the finished, the unfinished, the weak, the strong, all of it, Father God. You love it, and we thank you that that is the truth this morning, no matter what life is trying to tell us. So, Father, we receive your encouragement and your establishment in you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. God's good. God is good. How many feel God said something to them this morning? Amen. It's beautiful. Oh, oh.